Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, are you ready? Yeah, I'm uh, doing, uh, doing well. We're SEC West champions. We're, this is championship week. There's a million reasons to be excited. Um, Jimmy, I am in Las Vegas, so I'm going Yikes. to be I'm going to be very succinct here. Did we play yesterday, and did we win? <laughs> to the surprise of no one, yes, and yes. Okay, I don't Actually, want to shock I you. I don't want to shock you, but we beat the crap out of Arkansas. Okay, I knew, I knew it. Everybody knows uh, I knew that. Um, but uh, yeah, so big win. You know, here's the thing, Jimmy. Right now, there is so much going on. I mean, just today. Today is Sunday. I'm in Vegas, so I don't remember. Yeah, Sunday. I see NFL football on, so it's Sunday. Um, and uh, you know, there's so much going on right now. So much that happened last night. Uh, it's almost like the Alabama Arkansas game happened. Uh, 32 days ago, um, the Florida LSU game was absolutely insane and probably drove uh, Greg Sankey to the brink of insanity, <laughs> literally. Um, and uh, then, of course, Gus Malzahn's fired today. Um, and the, the rumor mill is spinning about who the heck they're going to get. Um, it, it's just been so much happening. But I believe the story of the weekend is Alabama finally has a home run hitter at running back in Jason McClellan, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's exciting for the future. I doubt now that we're going to be playing uh, nothing but championship football uh, going forward, whether it's the Florida game against Florida for the SEC championship, whether it's the game against Ohio State or Clemson, uh, or who knows who the semifinal playoff game will be against. Uh, but I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Jace, frankly, unless the game's a, a blowout. Uh, uh, it's just not Nick's way, and I think the first team running back is Najee Harris, and the second team guy is Brian Robinson, and uh, I don't think we'll see Jace despite uh, what he showed us uh, in the closing minutes of the Arkansas game. It's just not Nick's way, but it gave us something to be very excited about for next year when Najee Harris and Brian Robinson are gone. And I mean this with all sincerity. Um when I say that I am in Vegas, I did watch the game. I did watch it slightly inebriated, and it got worse as the game went on. Um, and then I stayed up for much longer than I normally stay up. People who know me know I will go to bed at 7.15 when it's socially acceptable because um, I always get up early. But uh, so I'm my, I'm in a bit of a fog, but I'm going – because there's been so much happening and I'm in the world of that never sl- – the the – city that never sleeps i don't care what they say about new york vegas never sleeps <laughs> during covid um but i think some other stories besides jace mcclellan were just all the freshmen we saw on the field um right. i thought you know brian branch making another interception um and and playing it perfectly oh my god that was one of the best plays of the day now the real story all kidding aside is Devonte smith is now i'm gonna say neck and neck with mac jones in there for the heisman wouldn't you well, I mean, my worry all along with the Heisman has been that for every vote Devontae gets, it's a vote taken away from Mac. But that was before the Florida loss to LSU and Trask, two interceptions and a fumble. And now you can't help but wonder if Trask is out, especially if Alabama wins next Saturday. And with Trask out, 
then I see a scenario where Mac and Devontae are actually both on a lot of ballots uh, that come in. But it's it's going to make me nervous all the way until the results are announced, Luke. It's going to make me nervous that Mac and Devontae both getting a lot of votes cancel each other out and, and they won't get enough points to win. Uh, I, I just worry that too many voters aren't going to put both Alabama guys on their ballot and they end up splitting votes and not not garnering enough points to win. And I think that's a that's a fair that's certainly a fair worry. But at the same time, um, I think everybody's going to have those two in the top three. I mean, unless you want to yes. get off the rails well, and go to the Buffalo running back or some shit, you know, with Chuba Hubbard all for, I mean, not that he was a threat, but I'm saying, you know, you've got some guys that, that have opted out. I mean, it's almost by default at this point. Well, I mean, that's, again, you're assuming that a lot of voters or the majority of voters will put both on. I mean, for, for everyone that doesn't know, uh, out there listening to the show that doesn't know how it works. I mean, Heisman Heisman uh, uh, voters, and there's a, a, a ton of them, they get a ballot, and they fill out first, second, and third, and that's it. There's there's no fourth. There's no comments. There's just, this is my first place. This is my second place. This is my third place. And then it's calculated on a point system. Uh, if, uh, let's say, a voter like uh, Kirk Herbstreet votes for Devontae in first, then Devontae gets three points. And if he votes for Trevor Lawrence second, then Trevor gets two points. And if he votes for, um, uh, you know, Wilson at BYU, uh, then he gets one point. And and then all the the ballots are tallied all over the nation, and, and and whoever gets the most points wins. My concern is, I agree with you, Luke, that most people are going to vote Devontae number one or Mac Jones number one. I think most people will do that. But my concern is the people that do that won't put Mac second or or, or or Devontae second. They'll vote for one Alabama player or the other. I worry not enough people will put both on their ballots because they don't want the award just totally dominated by Alabama. So that, that's what's going to be my concern. But, hey, that's a, don't we call those Bama problems? I mean, first world problems yeah. where our biggest problem is we have too many legitimate Heisman candidates that knock each other out. And that's the biggest problem our program is facing right now. Yeah, it's like saying, uh, you know, you can only go out with Selma Hayek or Jennifer Aniston. Those are it. That's it. That's There's it. only two. Yeah. Now you got to yeah. pick. One of them's got to be it. Okay, whatever. Well, I'm going with Selma, but whatever. Um, <laughs> let me go ahead and tell everybody that this episode of Locked On Bama is brought to you by uh, Built Bar. Built Bar. I'll talk to. I'll talk about them in a little bit again i'm i'm not in a great space mentally so y'all just hang with me but i wish i had a built bar because i'm going to tell you that would put me in a good space um las vegas is a great city it would be even better if i were walking around with a built bar in my hand at a poker tournament that's my dream that's what i want to do uh is have a built bar and and go to a poker tournament and have a Coors light which i'll tell you about in just a little bit um, built bar, absolutely delicious, nutritious, covered in chocolate, uh, better than like the cliff bars and other stuff you find in the impulse aisle Builtbar.com is the way to go. Go check them out. I bet you I've got my new batch of free samples in that they promised to send us when I get back from Las Vegas and Lord knows I'm going to need them to recover. So I can't wait to have me some built bar when I get back to sweet home, Alabama. Then I want to tell everybody about home field apparel. I've been wearing my home field apparel shirts out here in Vegas. This is no shit. I wore my home field apparel shirt 
uh, to the sports book and uh, to watch the Bama game. And I had two people tell me, man, that is a cool shirt. I really did. I'm not telling uh, a lie. And I don't get complimented on my clothes very often. So this <laughs> is a, this is a new for me. I didn't even know how to how to react. I was like, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code. Did you Did you bow? Well, like I instead, did. Of, instead of saying thank you or shaking hands, you like bowed? I went, thank you, sir. And then I bowed and did my little hand twirly thing. But um, <laughs> But then I told him to go to Locked On Apparel. I mean, go to... Go to Homefield Apparel, use promo code Locked On Bama, you'll get twenty percent off your order. And then they said, "That's cool, but we're kind of tired of talking to you now. We just wanted to tell you how we liked your shirt." And I, they, I realized really quickly Fair. they only were interested in my shirt, and they should be. Homefield Apparel is the place to go to get you some new Bama gear. But you can get a sweatshirt, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a tank top if you're into that. You can get all kind of stuff. It's Christmas time. Go to Homefield Apparel and buy you a Christmas present for yourself or somebody that you love. Okay, Jimmy, I, um, I really mean this again, that uh, I want to talk more about Bama, Arkansas when I rewatch the game on the flight home, if I'm not passed out. So I do want to talk about some other things that went on. I think first and foremost, before we get into the Auburn situation, uh, because it does affect Alabama, what did, you, what did you think about the Florida LSU thing yesterday? I mean, and is, is Greg Sankey mad at himself now because – um, he probably did make it where there's no opportunity for two SEC teams. I think there is a, a still a slight opportunity. Uh, Notre Dame's going to have to beat uh, Clemson and knock Clemson out. And I think if that happens, uh, assuming Texas A&M uh, wins uh, on the road at Tennessee, I think A&M would have an excellent shot to be the fourth team. Uh, but again, Notre Dame would have to beat Clemson again for that to happen. So, I think there's a chance there could still be two SEC teams in. Uh, I, I don't. I don't criticize at all the decision to play the games. I'm, I'm far more likely to criticize, and I will uh, once I get really fired up about it in a show later this week. I will rant about the Ohio State situation. I, yes. I, I'm not mad that the SEC played a tenth game that ended up knocking an SEC team out in Florida. I'm not mad about that. I, I think it was a scheduled game. You play the games on the schedule, and that was a scheduled game. And neither team had COVID, you know, problems, and 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 you play the game because it's on the schedule. Uh, I, I'm more mad about Ohio State only playing five games and and still being involved in the postseason. That 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 is, and again for for those you know, and and I've heard all the arguments about why they should be in, and it's about the four best teams. Fine, okay. I wonder. I just wonder what what the Big Ten or Ohio State or Michigan will think about next season when we're all returned to normal and, and stadiums are hundred percent full and Alabama is preseason number one again, and we beat the crap out of the first five teams we play on the schedule. And we just announce, see y'all in the playoff. Yeah. See you in the playoff. We're not playing the rest of the games. Why? And don't tell me that we can't play because it's about the four best teams. And, and if we didn't show you through those five games that we're one of the four best teams, y'all just aren't watching. So what I'm saying, uh, let's see what they would say about that. And and it, it just sets this crazy precedent uh, where you, you barely have to play. Any, I mean, half the game, if they just played one or two more games, I wouldn't say anything. But five, five, that's less than half. Troy is playing Thursday night, assuming they get to play. Luke, I bet you didn't know this. Very few people know this. Troy, little tiny Troy, with no resources whatsoever, Troy is scheduled to play Thursday night. It will be game 12 for Troy. 
Troy will have played 12 games. And Ohio State plays five and wants to be in the postseason. That's crazy. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I totally agree with you. And that's that's been my whole thing is, look, I, I don't think anybody doubts Ohio State is one of the more talented teams in the country. I can't say definitively they're one of the four best. I just can't do it. Their best wins over an Indiana team by seven points at home. I, I can't do it. Um, but it is a weird year. I get that. Uh, and I think that, honestly, that if I were had, had voted on the committee, I would not allow Ohio State in, assuming everything goes chalk this weekend where, you know, Clemson wins a close one, Alabama wins. I mean, I would have to put, gosh, as much as it would pain me to do it because I don't think – they necessarily deserve it either. It would either be A&M or Cincinnati for me. I really believe that. Yep. Um, it's just it's one of those years where they're not four great teams. There, there's right. really one great team, and then there's Clemson and Notre Dame. I mean, that's the way it seems. And Ohio State is a huge question mark. I'm not trying to insult Ohio State. I think they've got enough talent for everybody. The, the problem and, is if you only play six games, how the hell do we really know anything? I mean, That's right. And, and one more thing about best, about best. And, again, these are all hypotheticals because we haven't seen the games next week, Luke. But if I tell you next week that in the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma beats Iowa State uh, 42-7, to okay, uh, how do we know Ohio State's better than Oklahoma? Yeah. I mean, if it's about the four best at that point, as good as Oklahoma has been playing lately, if they win the Big 12 in a route over number seven Iowa State, I don't want to hear Ohio State saying you got to let us in because we're one of the four best. Well, if it's about four best at that point, then let's talk about Oklahoma. Yeah. Who's lost two games, by the way, and shouldn't be in the playoff, in my opinion. I don't think they should be in either. They've they lost twice. They shouldn't be in. But if Ohio State's like, no, 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 best, 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 it's the four best. Okay, Oklahoma. Yep, I'm with you. I really am. I, I I can't believe I'm saying that, but that, but I'm, I'm directly on. <laughs> well, board. that's what Vegas will do to a man. You're, you're beaten will. down I, and bro- you're beaten down and broken. You're Nick Cage and leaving Las Vegas. Speaking, I got to tell a quick Vegas story while I was out here. So I'm out here with sure. a buddy of mine named Thomas, uh, who's a lawyer. I you know kind of grew up with him, but he's about a year and a half older than me. Um, our families have always been tight. His son turned 21, so Thomas and I came out here to act as quote unquote chaperones, which means we say, y'all go do whatever the hell y'all want to. We're getting drunk and playing poker and, and uh, craps and blackjack. So yeah, y'all need the chaperones. True. Uh, well, I was at the blackjack table with Thomas and we're at Bellagio and just, you know, screwing around playing and, and a kid uh, who was at old, who goes to Ole Miss now, I think um, was sitting at the table with us and we were joking with the, you know, the dealer and everything. And the, the old Miss kid, you know, every time, uh, the old Miss kid hit one. We, you know, we'd yell out "hotty toddy" and you know all that shit, just fun stuff. Well, the old Miss guy finally got a little bit more comfortable with us and said, um, "Okay, uh, so what's the deal here? Are you like his dad?" He pointed to my friend and said, "I'm basically his son." And I, I said, "That's that's all I needed for this. I might as well fly home. This is better than anything I could win. I mean, I." This is fantastic. <laughs> And Thomas, said, Thomas looked at the guy and was like, you know, he's only a year and a half younger than me. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, this is, this goes back to what I've said. So you won. Goes, you went to Las Vegas and you won. That's the I've story. I've won no matter what. I forget what my line of credit says. I have won. Um, but what's funny is this goes back to my theory about Elex City and time warps. 
in, at Ele people who grew up in Alexander City from age about 16 to age maybe 71, or may no, maybe 21 to 71, I think is what I finally determined mathematically, that uh, you can't really tell how old any of them are. You, you don't know. We all look the same until about 71. Then we hit a brick wall and we all start going downhill. But in, in Alexander City, Alabama, it is a time warp where you could, if somebody said to you, hey, is Luke 61 years old? You go, yeah, I can see that. If somebody said to you, hey, Luke looks about 32, you go, yeah, I can see that. And that's how people get mistaked for being other people's fathers who are in the exact same age group in Alexander City. Because people, if I told that guy that Thomas was 69 years old, he'd go, well, he looks okay for 69, but yeah, okay. And, and you know, so it just, it works out great. Um, that is a beautiful thing about Alexander City. We never age until 71 and then it's over. <laughs> but, um, all right, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Coors Light, CoorsLight.com. Let me tell you how many Coors Lights I've had out here, and they've all been free, but they've all been delicious, and I love them. They, they bring them to me in the poker room and at the blackjack table with these, um, you know, the little silver bullet aluminum bottle thing. I love those the most. Those are the best to me. Um, absolutely delicious. Go check them out at CoorsLight.com. You know, of course, I'm in Vegas, so I am celebrating responsibly like Coors Light wants you to when it's brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. But uh, I've had multiple, multiple, multiple Coors Lights. I'm not really <laughs> a super heavy drinker anymore these days, but in Vegas, all, all, you know, ain't no laws when you're drinking White Claws. Well, there ain't no laws when I'm drinking Coors Lights either. I am digging it. And I've had an absolute blast. It's just been killing these things and i'm telling you go to circle k go to piggly wiggly go to win dixie hell go to walmart get you up a case of Coors light get ready for the big sec championship game this weekend and alabama's big victory so you can celebrate but celebrate responsibly what, All right, Jimmy. what happens in vegas stays in vegas including your vomit including my vomit and i and i hope this rash um but we'll see. uh jimmy i mean Look, we can talk. We will talk about Arkansas more. I promise you, people. I promise. But I think the the Auburn story is the story. We the Auburn story is the story. I, I would even, to be honest, I mean, the Arkansas game was great because we played really well, or, or we played. I actually we didn't play. I, I I thought we played like I expected us to play. I, I don't think we played that great. Arkansas just imploded, turned over the ball four times, and just had no chance of moving the ball against. Uh, an improving Pete Golding defense, uh, and and it was just kind of a non-competitive game. Uh, but I, I I agree. I think our listeners. I, I know for myself, I'm far more intrigued with discussing uh, the matchup of Florida, uh, Florida LSU, uh, which which leads into the matchup of Florida and the Auburn story. Just simply because uh, when Auburn, you know, coaching searches for whatever the heck interests the heck out of people and fans and and uh, Alabama fans will be immensely interested in following the Auburn search. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm driving through the entire state of Alabama, and they literally left uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee this morning, driving all the way to the coast uh, with several stops along the way. But uh, I say that to say Jocks in Birmingham broke into NFL programming to do two hours on what's Auburn going to do. They just fired Gus. So, I mean, it's a big story. Uh, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But I, I think Alabama fans will be very interested uh, to, to, to see what Auburn does with this. Do you think it was the right call? I, I, I'm going to say this with all honesty. 
Yes, I think it was the right call. Yeah. I think that they had hit a wall with him, and it, and it had to happen. I think it's two issues. I think that $21 million is completely outrageous. I mean, good for Gus. Good for him. And good for his agent, Jimmy Sexton, you know, who, who gets all these deals written up this way. And good for Gus to fleece Auburn and their fans uh, and their athletic department. And I'm assuming Jimmy Rain or Tim Cook, whoever has to write that check, uh, outrageous. But if you separate the money, yes, I, I, I agree that it was time for Auburn to make a change because Auburn should be not, not, not pumping up our rivals, but just being honest. In terms of their facilities and playing in the SEC West and the money that they spend on football, Auburn should be a championship contending program. They should be. They certainly want to be, and they pay their coach like they expect it. And I think with Gus, it's a very fair question to ask. Uh, we're, we're year eight. Next year is going to be, what, year nine or year eight? And the question is, okay, are we going to win the SEC West next year and play in Atlanta and play for championships? And the answer is no. No, they're not. They're not going to beat Alabama. They're not going to beat Texas A&M. They may finish third in the West. They won't be as good as Georgia. They probably won't be as good as Florida. And, and here you're in year eight. And, and, and the idea that Gus was going to turn Auburn into a perennial championship contender I think that's out the window by now, and I think I think you know what Gus is, uh, and, and most of the time Gus was going to be eight and four, and every three or four years he'd be ten and two, especially in years that he had Alabama and Georgia at home and Jordan Hare. Uh, yeah, I, I think Auburn, if Auburn wants to win a championship, they needed to make a change. Uh, I, I think the money is is just crazy outrageous, but good for Gus and. Uh, man, athletic directors need to re-examine these contracts that they sign with college coaches uh, before before we all go broke over paying football coaches. Yeah, that is that is a thing. Um, and obviously there have been some other guys fired recently, like Kevin Sumlin, who's just making hand over fist money from A&M and Arizona now, I guess. Um, of course, Butch Jones, who just took the Arkansas State job, was getting paid by Tennessee forever. Um, and Jeremy Pruitt may be in this same situation. Who knows? But uh, – I think it was the right move. The question now is, did they already have somebody in place? Now, I've been literally in Vegas at the poker table just hitting refresh on Twitter and Auburn pages and everything, trying to determine who I think it'll really be. Obviously, uh, conventional wisdom says it's going to be somebody like a Hugh Freeze, like a Mario Cristobal. Uh, but the Oregon sites are reporting that Cristobal is about to sign a contract extension. And if you're Mario, Mario Cristobal, why – I mean, unless you just hate Oregon or your wife does, like some people believe right. she does, why on earth would you leave Oregon for Auburn if the money's equal? Why are you well, going to the, the money? The money would have to be equal. Uh, huh? I think they, I think you answered your own question. And I think if Mario had some talks with Auburn or Mario's people had some talks with Auburn, uh, I was surprised to find out. I didn't know this until today, until all the talk came up. But apparently Mario at, at Oregon was making $2.2 million. And the Pac-12 as a whole just famously doesn't pay. That's right. And even though Oregon has an endless supply of money because they have one of the richest boosters in all of college sports and Phil Knight, uh, and you would think Auburn, uh, Oregon swims in money, and they do if you look at their facilities. But they're only paying Mario Crisball $2.2 million. That's less than what Sark makes. That's right. That's what Kevin Steele makes. So 
I don't – if Chris Ball wants to stay at Oregon, that's fine. But him talking to Auburn sounds smart to me because then he could go to the administration and say, they pay their coach $7 million. Yeah. I, I'm down here at 2.2. 2. 2. Don't – I mean, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. But, but man, you got to change your pay scale because – or I'm going to the SEC, and that that's fair. And I, I'm guessing that's what went on. Um, I also think that the Pac-12s – attitude during coronavirus and in terms of whether they're going to play the games and now let's only play five games and and then meanwhile you saw the sec and schools like troy and the sec footprint playing 12 games and cristobal maybe you know what they they take their football real serious in the south i'm going back there so i i'm not shocked at all that mario cristobal would be very interested in the auburn job uh not because it's auburn but because it's a power program in the sec that pays significantly more money than the Pac-12. So for that reason, I can see it. But today, as we record on Sunday at 6 p.m., uh, right now, my guess is Hugh Freeze. If I'm wrong, Cristobal. If I'm wrong, maybe Napier or a name that never comes up, Bill Clark. Oh, wow. I, You know, the thing about Bill Clark, I'm going to tell you, it's sort of like the other name that's out there that some people really believe this could be it is Kevin Steele. Now, right. The thing about, that's possible. Kevin Steele's possible. If it's, if it's Steele or Clark, and if I'm an Auburn fan, and I just paid my coach $21 million, who was, yeah, he was eight and four all the time or whatever, but do I really feel like I upgraded? Now, I'm willing to pay the buyout um, and, and take a shot at Mario Cristobal or um, – gosh, Hugh Freeze. Every time I say Hugh Freeze, I just want to go, but um, so, you know, maybe you want to take a shot at somebody like that, but boy, you want to talk about venturing into the great unknown. I mean, Bill Clark, I I like him a lot. Loved him when he was high school coach at Alabama. I think he, I I love his loyalty to UAB, Uh, but boy, do I think he would uh, do well at Auburn? I just don't know, man. I I think that'd be a tough sell. Oh, I agree that their fans would, uh, their fans would call him, you know, fifth choice Bill Clark, seventh choice Bill Clark. The fans would be completely unexcited. But I'll just say this, as an Alabama fan, as someone that wants Alabama to win every week and for Auburn to sort of be irrelevant to to that fact because Alabama's the team winning every week, Bill Clark would worry me. I would worry about Bill Clark uh, because I think Bill Clark could conceivably be fantastic because he's doing a fantastic job at UAB. I mean, they're playing for a championship again Friday night. No one in this country does more with less than Bill Clark, who has spent his lifetime coaching in the state, knows every high school coach in the state of Alabama, will hire a staff full of people with contacts all over Auburn's recruiting footprint. And uh, Bill Clark would worry me as an Alabama fan. It would be funny to me to read Auburn fans trashing the hire and Bill Clark being immediately unpopular and me as an Alabama fan going, uh-oh, I think they accidentally hired the right guy. You know, you know what? I have a feeling me. I have a feeling it would go a lot like the other guy they hired from a Birmingham college uh, it, where Bill Clark would have a good year next year because Auburn, if they talk everybody into coming back, um, then they should have a pretty good season next year, I would think. Uh, but if they, what I would think is things would go immediately downhill from there. That's my belief on it. But look, maybe by the time we do our next podcast, Auburn will have a coach. It'll be really interesting to see. But Jimmy, I'm in Las Vegas. I got money to lose and um, it's burning a hole in my pocket, baby.
<laughs> well, good luck at the table. By the way, uh, and since most of our listeners probably haven't been to Las Vegas during COVID, I'm curious, uh, what's the mask wearing situation at Bellagio's? Um, it is uh, masks all the time. Now at the strip club, it's masks and high heels. Everything else is for a game. <laughs> but um, you but, look great in high heels, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's all masks all the time. All masks. So no, so so no one's just walking around without a mask. Going screw you, mask people Mm-mm. in the casino. You got to wear a mask or you leave. Right. Yeah, you will get. They will. They will not deal. Like if you're if you're like drinking you know I, I take my mask off to have my cores light and if i don't put it back on immediately they stop dealing the cards They're like when you get your mask back on we're gonna deal um okay. it's, it's, i was just curious it, it, because uh i'm sure some people would be almost surprised to know the casinos are open but uh, I, I would assume i would assume <laughs> that casinos would be open but there would be masks period if atlantis attacked and the world were engulfed by the uh, pacific ocean um Vegas would still be open. They ain't closing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried to death about an Atlantean attack, too. Um, it's but, only 4 uh, o'clock out there, right? It's 412 where you are, right? It's Probably only 4 4, four or 5, yeah. So, Coors Light, here I come, baby. I understand. All right. We'll All right, record buddy, roll again. Tide. Roll Tide. We'll record again tomorrow and dive into Alabama, Florida. Here we go.